The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. We're kinky done differently. What women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self, with questions asked by a guy. And now, here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. I'm John, known to my friends as Hi There, Catsuit, and this is the show where we visit with wonderful humans and look at how people connect with them and to their own authentic selves. Last week, we met the conscious masochist, Rachel Leadham, and later this week, it's one of my favorite interviews ever with fitness trainer and rubber fetishist, Master Trinity. And this week, it's a show I've been anticipating for almost as long as we've been doing the show. And she's finally with us. She's a woman who makes fire her friend and dances with it with remarkable dexterity. And would like to teach you to do it as well. Sam Toby, known professionally as Flo Mayhem, has been addicted to fire dancing for over five years. Her primary flow tool is a martial arts weapon known as the rope dart that she has adapted to become her dance partner. Her fire rope dart flow is graceful, dramatic, and lethal. Sam's precision and musicality are what allow her to stand out as a performer, and her flow will push any audience to sink hypnotically into the rhythm of the music. Sam is at her happiest while performing to tribal bass music at a festival or teaching at one of her rope dart classes in Los Angeles. She has recently extended her teaching to online platforms such as YouTube, Instagram, as well as Thinkific, where she offers a complete online rope dart training course for anyone interested in learning. Now, it's time to catch fire with Flow Mayhem. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. Time now for the first five, five questions about first with Sam Toby, AKA Flo Mayhem. First time you ever created fire in your life and how you responded. Uh, are we talking about metaphorical fire or actual, actual fire? fire. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, well, I was kind of figuring out where to live. I was transitioning out of Santa Barbara and potentially going to live in my car in Los Angeles for a little while. And I went to this Burning Man fundraiser and somebody handed me a fire hula hoop um, and told me to try it. And I'd been hula hooping for quite a while and so I thought I could handle it and it was actually really nerve wracking and scary, but also super invigorating. And I stayed out uh, at that party 
until like four in the morning, which I don't usually do uh, just on a regular basis. I'm kind of like to have my sleep and I, I don't, um, I'm not a crazy night owl usually unless I'm at a festival. Um, but I could not, I could not get away from this party because it was so cool. I'd never seen anything like it before. <laughs> First time you ever received a reaction to one of your YouTube videos. And how did you feel? Hmm. That made me feel really excited when somebody said that I added something to their life by explaining something that they didn't know. Uh, that was a really big deal for me, actually. I don't remember which time because there were a couple times at first uh, that I was like, wow, this is really going to go somewhere. And I did not think it would. And it was kind of just the first realization that all of this time and effort that I was putting into making these videos was actually eventually going to be useful in some way because that had been a huge question for a while. <laughs> so yeah, that was a big deal when I got just some comments saying, hey, like I've been wondering if somebody would be able to answer this for me. And you did. First time you ever burned yourself and how you <laughs> recovered from it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, burning myself is not as big of a deal as I think people might expect it to be. They expect, you know, your whole body to be on fire or, you know, you have to stop, drop and roll and you have to, you know, call the fire department. But uh, I mean, your body is built uh, of 70% water. So if, you know, say you have a little bit of fuel that lands on you, you can brush it off. Um, so there's something empowering about realizing that you know, we're more resilient than we might think that we are. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's scary and it hurts a little bit sometimes. Sometimes it really doesn't though. You know, I've had like, there, there are fire shows where you literally intentionally put fire on your body and um, watch it, uh, watch the fuel burn off and you're fine. You know, it doesn't hurt or anything. So it's a very trippy experience realizing that we don't really understand physics as well as we thought we did. <laughs> first time you ever realized that you'd gone from cute to badass? Hmm. Interesting. I definitely have thought I was badass quite a few times and not have been. <laughs> so, but when I feel like I really realized that, maybe as a Burning Man 2017, and I was finally able to dance in the fire circles next to other people and not fall over and not lose my balance, you know, really feel confident dancing next to other people who are also spinning fire, um, and, you know, and being able to dodge <laughs> the other fire tools that were coming towards me um, and, you know, feel comfortable in this space that previously was very nerve wracking, I think. <laughs> first time you ever intimidated another human by your use of fire? Mm, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people come up to me and tell me that they're scared for me. <laughs> um, I don't know if anybody's ever like voiced their intimidation quite so directly as far as I can remember, but I know that I remember being intimidated when I first saw 
Eve Spinfire, who's my kind of messiah, who's my biggest inspiration. And so I remember definitely being intimidated by her. So it it's a weird thing to watch, you know? You're kind of like, is this really happening? Is this person able to really do this and not hurt themselves? It's more awe, I think, that I experienced when I first saw fire dancing. I don't know. It's like a little bit intimidating, but it's also you're just confused. <laughs> so hopefully people speak to me and they realize that I'm actually just the biggest dork and I really make a point of being that way so as to not come off as intimidating unless I am in that role as a fire dancer. Hi, I'm Dr. Allison Ass, trauma-informed sex and intimacy coach and educator and the founder of TurnOn.Love. And I teach a wide range of workshops and courses on topics including flirting and seduction, deepening emotional intimacy, expanding pleasure, exploring fantasies, repairing ruptures in relationships, navigating non-monogamy, and more. And I work with individuals and couples in a coaching dynamic to support them in getting out of their heads and into their bodies and navigating challenges like erectile dysfunction and anorgasmia to help men figure out how to express their desires in ways that feel authentic and not let opportunities pass by any longer, to help women explore what they want and really advocate for it in their relationships, and to support couples in getting the spark back and in exploring non-monogamy if you want to open up your relationship. To explore all this and more, you can check out my website at www.turnon.love. And don't forget to listen to my episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. It's in the archives wherever you listen to your podcast. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Sam Toby has been fire dancing for over five years and has recently taken her love of fire dancing and made it into a teaching profession. So you're doing all sorts of amazing things with your talent. How have people responded to you when they see a show in person for the first time? You mentioned that some people are in awe, but is it hard to approach you because you come off as this amazing fire breathing, for lack of a better term, human that has this amazing aura all around you? Well, like I said, I think that I hopefully come off as very different in person after the show. And even right after the, the fire show is finished, I usually you know, make a really big point to smile at people and turn off that kind of uh, intense, slightly evil vibe and turn back on the welcoming, um, humble vibe. You know, it, it's a very quick switch back to that. And I think that that's a really important to not walk around after the show um, with that same level of energy. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think that people have said to me, so far that speaking to me in person is <laughs> relievingly not uh, intimidating and you know they feel comfortable speaking to me. I'm just a huge dork <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like to embody that character 
definitely as I'm performing so that I can leave it on the dance floor. So Mm -hmm. I can step back away from it once I'm finished because that, that character really only has a certain place in, in, in the performance. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't agree. I don't believe in walking around afterwards and, you know, acting like I'm really cool. You know, that's not, that's not what I believe in. <laughs> How much of Sam Toby is in the character of Flo Mayhem? Mm, I really do feel like it's kind of an alter ego almost. It's very much this outlet because um, I think it's important to embody the ego sometimes i have a lot of hippie friends who might even disagree they say oh let's steer clear of having egotistical thoughts or being too much in the ego and i say let's compartmentalize it let's enjoy (laughs) our ego when it is a rational time to Um, And I think artistically, we can delve deeper and deeper into that and then really be the humble, um, kind, welcoming people that we should be during all other opportunities. Um, And that's been really, really helpful for me, actually, because I think I used to definitely be very insecure and therefore feel like I had to present this egotistical self to people and now I realize uh yeah there's just a time and a place for embodying your ego (laughs) I was about to ask you how many times does Sam Toby have to call on flow mayhem to get through a day Mm, sometimes yeah I mean there are definitely moments where I feel like I need that extra power where I feel like I might be getting stepped on a little bit in a conversation and um, I can go either direction. I could go kind of like the quiet, calm, meek route, um, or I could, you know, really stand up tall and say, hey, listen, like, I don't agree with what you're saying or I need to feel more heard. Um, So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think it's useful sometimes, but it can go, it can get out of control too. You know, I don't want to, it's, it's, it's really interesting balancing um, when to be really intense energetically and when to be calm. <laughs> I've done my best to try to post some videos leading up to your appearance on the podcast so people can see what you do. But Sam, what does it feel like to be surrounded by all those flames? that's a great question actually and um surprisingly i think it feels actually very meditative um i think it feels a little bit similar to what some people uh talk about when they feel like um when they're skydiving that feeling you get when you're very alert and you're very in the moment um so it feels like that to me rather than feeling like this chaotic thing, you feel very focused and very in tune. Um. So if you were to basically set up an elevator speech as to what fire darting is, how would you explain it to somebody who has no clue? Hmm. Well, fire dart specifically 
uh, it uses a lot of martial arts moves because um, rope dart is actually a medieval kung fu weapon mm. that um, Shaolin monks have developed a lot. And as performers, we like to, I think, incorporate uh, geometric patterns and shapes and um, dance technique and fuse them together with the medieval Kung Fu martial arts uh, fighting moves. And then we light it on fire <laughs> for the full effect. So basically just imagine a very large ball of fire on a very long rope that's kind of moving around ideally in a very uh, controlled and symmetrical and beautiful aesthetically pleasing way is the fire performance version of rope dart but yes it, it originated from medieval kung fu where was the first place you ever performed uh performed with rope dart specifically mm -hmm. hmm i think i did or, or like with fire in general actually Fire in general. Well, the fire in general was at the Burning Man fundraiser. That was with a fire hula hoop. Mm -hmm. But fire rope dart, I think the first place, I mean, I, I had to practice a lot, you know, so I practiced on the street. I practiced in the middle of the road um, back in Santa Barbara a lot. <laughs> the neighbors were very confused. But actual performance, I think it might have been a birthday party. You know, I started pretty low key with it. I definitely wasn't like on big stages when I first started performing. I can imagine you lighting the birthday candles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think people have asked me to do that before. And I think that they wouldn't want to consume the amount of fuel that would cascade onto their cake. <laughs> and in talking about that fuel, in rope darting, one of the things that I noticed is that the flames and fire come very close to your body, if not bouncing off you. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that a lot of fire performers are able to do. And it's a tricky dynamic. I definitely have lit myself on fire many times attempting those kinds of moves. But like I said, I mean, you're, you're, your body is 70% water. So if you hit yourself at just the right speed, then it's probably not going to ignite because there's not enough fuel that's going to hit uh, to stick on your body. Um, or if you're, I mean, you have to wear specific clothing. It has, it can't be synthetic. It's got to be all natural materials. So cotton and stuff. So if you have like thick layers on you and there's not a lot of fuel transfer, it's not like the whole thing ignites, you know? Um, imagine like you're trying to build a fire while you're camping, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to like set this wood on fire. It's not, it's not easy sometimes. It's actually difficult to light certain things on fire. <laughs> so. When you perform with the fire and you do this dart flow, you mentioned to me before we started our interview about the flow arts and that mm -hmm. sounds fascinating to me because I have no idea what it is but it sounds like something that can be absolutely beautiful for one's own self in addition to everybody else. 
Yeah. Well, flow arts is kind of the umbrella term for different types of prop manipulation, whether it's hula hoops or poi, uh, staff, rope dart. There's a, there's a bunch of tools that you can use. Um, and I mean, I guess I would describe flow arts as kind of like a movement meditation slash dance that you can do with these specific props. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, flow arts are really liberating because you have something to focus on, you know? So if you're standing just by yourself trying to figure out how to dance, sometimes that can be very intimidating because you're, you're trying to figure out all of your <laughs> limbs at once. And it, it just feels like, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You've seen a lot of other dancers. It's, it just feels intimidating. But if you have one thing to focus on, then it feels a lot more obtainable, a lot more accessible, at least it did to me, who was very intimidated by dance at first. And um, so, yeah, you can kind of get into this flow where once you've practiced some moves, you can um, add them together and create sequences. And then, I mean, it, it feels similar kind of to the runner's high where you're not really aware of what you're doing anymore. You're kind of just doing it. And uh, yeah, you're in the flow state for sure. So, I mean, people talk about the flow state without having anything to do with flow arts, but flow arts are a very good example of how to get in the flow state. Um, and yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. It's the biggest form of therapy I've ever found. Um, Cause I mean, meditation is hard for me. I really, I've tried it a lot and I still think that um, I would benefit from, from it a lot if I was able to stick to it, but just sitting and doing nothing is very intimidating to me. So being able to just channel all of my energy into one movement um, that that works way better for somebody as like anxious and jittery as I am sometimes. <laughs> what you describe is very much like the description some people have of various scenes that they do or various situations that they like to put themselves in. And I've always called it stuck in a moment I can't get out of Mm -hmm. where you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past, but that genuine being in the moment is the healthiest state that you can possibly be in. And I can't imagine any more way to do that than in the motions that you have with your flow arts. Yeah, I agree. I cannot, I can't even explain how, how much better of a person it's made me. (laughs) Do you ever, when you have your routines or your dances, do you ever worry about the choreography of such, or is it just literally something that is flowing out of your mind? Uh, That's an interesting one because it's definitely both depending on what I'm trying to do. Uh, I've choreographed a few pieces now and there's something liberating to knowing exactly what move is going to come next because then you can really focus on conveying each move as expressively as you can. But 
Um, choreography is also kind of hard to keep up with. Uh, so basically it's both. I do a lot of freestyle flow and I do some choreography and they're different, uh, but they both have a place in my routines at least. I think a lot of flow artists actually despise the idea of choreography because it takes away that freestyle uh, flow state that people are trying to achieve where they're not thinking and they're just doing whatever comes to mind. But I mean, as a performer, sometimes it's really satisfying to be able to hit the musical beats exactly how you want them. And in order to do that, sometimes uh, having a plan is necessary. <laughs> and improvisation is uh, good in many ways. And I'm guessing that uh, there's a certain kind of almost jazz feeling to some of your routines. Yes, exactly. Where some of it feels choreographed and some of it is freestyle. You're kind of going back and forth in between. That's what's so great about it is you can do either or both. Hello, I'm Jesse Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. Do you want to leave us a comment, thought, or have something to contribute to the show? You can now call or text us at the 3W hotline at 513-788-2527. That's 513-788-2527. Or drop us an email at john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. That's john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Sam Toby is our guest on this edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. And it's been amazing how long of a time has passed since we originally first talked about getting together for this particular interview. And I remember you saying to me, why would you want to interview me? And the reason that I go back to is I have always been fascinated with people who have created an authentic version of themselves and then created a character around it. Who was Sam Toby before Sam met the flow arts? Mm, I was a very lost kitten, actually. I truly don't know what I would have done if I hadn't found flow arts because this is just like you said the most authentic version of me that I've been able to find and I I mean I traveled around a lot when I was younger so I was always feeling very very lost 
but I think even without that, I would have struggled without having this, uh, this tool that I can turn to. <laughs> I was drinking a lot. I was uh, working at bars. I was, you know, just typical college kid stuff, but there was like a darkness to that because I really had no outlet and I could feel that there was something in me that was needing to be expressed and I didn't know what to do with all of my energy. I also, I uh, struggle a lot with mood disorders, uh, various mood disorders. And so, yes, without that outlet, I was very reckless, very impulsive, very just unhinged. Um, so. <laughs> what did you dream of doing? I mean, I really wanted to be creative, but I was also really intimidated by all the art forms that were around me. I, I tried singing, wasn't good at it. Tried a little bit of dance, tried I don't know, all sorts of stuff, painting. I went to a bunch of art classes. Nothing really stuck because I wanted it to be something that was mine. I didn't want, um, I don't know, I didn't want to do something that I felt like I had to follow in someone else's footsteps to achieve. And I mean that now I think back on that mentality and I see how silly it is because it's fine to have mentors and to learn from other people. But I don't know, with flow arts, it really felt like just from the beginning, I could create my own style. No matter whether I was learning from other people, it felt like mine just from the very beginning. And that was huge to me. We all look for connection in our lives, whether it be interpersonal connection or the connection to our authentic selves. What role is connection played in your life and the search for that connection? Has your connection been stronger with what you do rather than the people around you? I definitely feel a lot more connected to myself because I have flow arts and I have this outlet. And I think that that's actually helped me connect to other people much more authentically because without having a grounded sense of who you are, you struggle to connect with other people because you're not really sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. So I would say it definitely helped uh, solidify me being able to connect with others. You've actually found a group of another uh, pair of ladies that uh, I understand you all perform together and I saw you all on your website. Explain to me who this trio is. <laughs> yes, so that's Alliance of Gaia, and um, it's Farron Rose, Caitlin Carano, and I, and it's a really sweet group, actually, because we all uh, went to UC Santa Barbara, but didn't really know each other. I knew Caitlin towards the tail end of my time at, at UCSB, and she was actually my hula hoop teacher, and she was the first person who took me to see fire dancing and and uh, go to these festivals and she helped me perform at Burning Man so she's been kind of a, the biggest messiah in my life when it comes to flow arts and then Farron who I didn't really know for a long time but who I had 
kind of idolized uh, performance wise. I'd seen her stuff around, I'd seen her perform at festivals. Um, we actually, uh, she was building a community house um, in Los Angeles and uh, she got me to move in there. I, I mean, I begged her to let me move in there is really what happened. And, <laughs> she like, yeah. and so she, she filled this other um, uh, side of my life that I had been really looking for, which was to have a community in the city. Cause it's very strange living in Los Angeles a lot of the time um, if you don't have a community of some sort. And so between those two girls, I feel like I have grown the most um, that I've, yeah, <laughs> those have been my two deepest connections. And so we actually formed Alliance of Gaia before I moved in, but I could just feel that there was something going on with me and Farron where we were on the same page about a lot of our goals and about, you know, wanting to use performance art to send a deeper message and to, to help connect with people on a much deeper level, like not just be like cute girls at parties, throwing fireballs around, you know, but, but have more of, of a meaning uh, embedded in our performance art. So yeah, they're a great, great, great team. <laughs> it's funny that you describe it as cute girls because what I have seen in your performances on YouTube and what I have seen in your pictures does not come off as cute. It comes off as <laughs> <Thank> intense. <you. laughs> it comes off yes. as badassery. And I, uh, in looking through your, uh, in looking through your pictures through the years, I saw, and that's where I had the question of when did you become uh, go from cuteness to badassery? Is there was this short-haired Sam picture? that just seemed like, I'm really happy to be here. This is really nice. In comparison to the one that actually graces my set here, I don't know if you realized you're on my set here, but a woman engulfed in flames that portrays not only beauty, but this absolute force of nature. Do you realize that you have that kind of effect in the vision that people have of you? Or do you just think, oh, they're looking at Sam? <laughs> it's really interesting the way the internet can shift people's perspective of someone. Uh, I'm very happy that people see me that way. And I also think it's important for people to see that that is one side of me, but I also definitely still have a lot of the, oh, hello, my name's Sam, kind of like more down to earth, uh, a little bit timid, <laughs> a little bit shy version of me. Those are both very much still there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think sometimes with fire dancing and with the intensity that I try to display, the goal of it is to showcase how sometimes that intense energy does have a place, but um, to harness it and uh, not let it bleed into situations where it doesn't have a place. Because uh, I really, I like I said before, I like to compartmentalize that intensity into uh, 
only the areas that make sense. Uh, I used to just be very intense all the time. I think I used to be more uh, like aggressive and hard to connect with and maybe accidentally intimidating to people before I got into fire dance because I just had no outlet for it. And now that I have fire dance, I'm like, okay, this is where that goes. And, you know, being a kind, humble person is who I want to be when I am just not fire dancing. <laughs> I know some of my guests um, and some of my listeners feel like they have to sometimes hide something about their personality when they go out on the first date or meet somebody new. At what point in a date or meeting somebody new do you bring up the fire or do you kind of keep it quiet until you know it's the right time? That's funny. I don't think I've met anybody lately who doesn't know that I already do that. <laughs> I don't think I try to really meet people in general these days because I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I mean, that's the first thing that people, because people are like, what do you do? I'm like this. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely in the forefront of whenever I meet somebody for the first time, like it's inescapable. <laughs> it would be very strange to not know that piece of me and to feel like you know me. Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. The Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Hi, my name is Lian Yao, and I'm an audiobook narrator who is also polyamorous. I just wanted to let you know about some audiobooks on polyamory I think you might enjoy. You can find Love in Abundance, The Jealousy Workbook, The Polyamory Breakup Book, and When Someone You Love is Polyamorous on audible.com. Just search my name, Lian Yao, spelt L-E-A-N-N-E-Y-A-U. Please also check out my episode on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. It's time to get back to learning about the most important connection of all, the one we have with our authentic selves, on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Sam Toby is also known as Flo Mayhem and performs all over the place, is based in Los Angeles. And if you watch her YouTube videos, you might recognize a place that I always recognize out of the movie Grease, which is the Los Angeles Basin, because I noticed that that's where you like to do a lot of your videos. It's a very cavernous and amazing place for people who don't understand what the Los Angeles Basin is all about. Does that provide the perfect canvas for what you do? I, I love, I just love the concrete jungles of LA in general, whether it's LA River, I didn't know it was called LA Basin. I mean, it's probably called both, but um, I, yeah, I just like the griminess of the concrete jungle of LA. And I feel like I feel very at home in those spaces. I like graffiti. I like 
broken down buildings, like abandoned lots. I love that stuff because there's just a griminess to it. Um, and like, a yeah, I feel very at home in the concrete jungle. <laughs> and being in Los Angeles, you are at the epicenter of the entertainment world. And you've gotten to do something that I've dreamed about for many years. Share a stage with Wayne Brady. <laughs> that was cool. That was really cool. Um, I grew up in a bunch of random different countries when I was younger, and I missed a lot of pop culture references. Uh, I grew up in Bulgaria and Cuba, so we didn't have like Reese's peanut butter cups and stuff like that. And so I definitely didn't know anything about Wayne Brady, but I've gotten into him since and he's great. And he was super fun to meet and such just a super chill guy. <laughs> but I confess that I didn't know that much about him um, until the show. <laughs> well, tell us about the show and tell us how it happened and what you did and what it was all about. Yeah, so I actually... Uh, got contacted by them. They found me uh, via social media, which is kind of how everybody finds me these days. Um, I'm not very good at networking. So that's actually how I get all my gigs is just uh, social media exposure. And yeah, they, they sent me an email. I, at first I thought it was a scam because I think everything's a scam until it's not. <laughs> and, um, they were like, yeah, like, can you send us a bunch of videos? And I was like, why, what, what is this even for? They're like, oh, well, we're gonna do a game show that is also a talent show. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, yeah, I mean, then I had a, a interview with them and it turned out to not be a scam at all. And it was totally legit. And yeah, those people treated me super well. I got to meet some other really cool performers. And I think it's still airing right now, actually. I think my friend Grace, good who's also a fire performer she her episode aired recently as well but i think it's dope that people are creating more talent shows and and exposing more weird talents i think that that's an awesome uh trend in the media lately sam what is the future like for you because i'm sure that you could not have conceived five years ago what you're doing now and even five years from now might seem like it's so far away. <laughs> yes, the future has always been ominously unpredictable and I'm kind of used to it at this point. I kind of actually like it that way now. Uh, it used to be really scary, but now, I mean, in the immediate future, my main goal, my only goal in life is to finish my next online course. Um, because I started off with these YouTube tutorials with just rope dart and that was really fulfilling to me. And then I started making more dance videos and I really loved that. And after a couple of them went viral on Facebook and a couple of them have done really well on Instagram as well and on Reddit, I realized that there was something kind of um, specific about how certain videos came out that really had an effect on whether they were going to get viewed. And I was really interested in the psychology behind that because some of it doesn't even really have to do with the moves that I'm doing. <laughs> it's really more about like lighting and set design and, and like, 
I don't know, the, the emotion behind the video a lot of the time, like how cohesive it is. And so I really started getting more into that and studying that. So right now I'm building an online course that's all about how to create an online presence as a performer. Um, and that is just probably the most important thing to me right now, because I know that um, because of COVID, a lot of performers are really struggling. They're not able to perform live and they were really counting on that money. And it's it's been really stressful for a lot of performers. And so they'll get these second jobs and they have nothing to do with their performance art. And so they're not really able to perform as much. So my plan is to create, make it easier to create more of an online presence so that um, performers are able to attract more live gigs as well as online gigs. There's a lot of online uh Way, ways to make money online these days as a performer and as a teacher without being some crazy billboard also like I, I'm not really into like you know the personally being an influencer I think that that's the first thing that people think of when they think of like oh how to make money online like on Instagram it's like oh you have to represent all these crazy companies but um that's not how I make any of my money online I teach and I uh, license music videos and I, uh, yeah, I sell online courses. So that, uh, course has taken a while for me to build. It's been about a year and a half. I had no idea how big of a project it was going to be, but hopefully that's going to be done in August. So that's my immediate future. And then, um, yeah, I mean, once that's done, I really want to see where that goes because I think, performers everywhere are going to really benefit from um yeah just just having more stable income as performers and I mean I love teaching I, I love live performance but I love like connecting with people over teaching and in, in all sorts of various ways so that's kind of where my biggest passion is uh, I also have been working with some bigger companies recently. I've been working with Zen Arts. Um, I have a, a gig with the Fuel Girls coming up. So I'm definitely excited to get back into live performing and festival performing. And then I'm gonna ideally be doing a teaching tour in Europe in August, very much depending on whether my course gets finished in time. But I think it would be really cool to hit a couple of spots in Europe and and host some workshops. So that was a long answer. <laughs> but that's wonderful because it really tells me about what your true passion moving forward is. And that is so many times people are so protective of what they do, they don't want anybody else to be able to touch what they do. And the thing that I noticed about you almost from the beginning is you want to share your art with people. You want people to be able to experience the things you're experiencing. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, that's actually my biggest thing uh, in general with this is that I had that instinct too, where I was very intimidated. I didn't want anybody else to know how to do the moves I was doing when I started coming up with my own choreography. I was very possessive. And um, yeah, I was talking to 
a good friend, Jeremy, who he was like, don't think that way, you know, like the way that you are going to progress is to share what you know, like always teach people your best moves because uh, it's going to hold you back not to, even from a selfish perspective, and it's going to help you grow to share them. And I think that that's been like the biggest lesson for me in general is like how much teaching has taught me and how much not holding on to things and being possessive of really anything to do with art that has been so liberating. And I don't think I would have gotten anywhere near as far as I feel like I have now without letting that go and saying, hey, whatever I'm learning, everyone is welcome to. And I don't think that that is really widely, that's, that's not a lot of performers thought processes. And I encourage them to rethink that because it's gonna hold anyone back to be possessive of your art. Many people might think that an appearance on like Fox's Game of Talents or AGT or any number of shows means instant fame. But it's almost like the door is cracked open a little bit. Has it helped people get in contact with you for potential new opportunities? Has it opened a door rather than just cracked it? Um, I've definitely gotten some opportunities because of it, but I really think that social media is what really drives all of my biggest exposure and where I've gotten all the biggest gigs. I mean, look, this is how you found me, you know, this is mm -hmm. how everybody finds me. And that's why I think having an online presence is a much more dependable way of getting, uh, work opportunities than like holding off on these TV shows. Um, and I, I think that the traditional media is great in a lot of ways. And I also think that we're still stuck in jumping through their hoops. You know, everything kind of has to be their way. And like, we got to pray that they, um, that they credit us in the way that we want to be credited. And like, mm -hmm. thankfully, Game of Talents was great about that. They were actually the best that I've seen so far in terms of like, hey, like, let's like help you know, actually represent you as a performer. Mm -hmm. And um, that was awesome. But most TV shows are not like that. And, and I really despise jumping through the traditional media hoops. And so I think that that's why I feel like it's much more empowering to be able to put out your own content exactly the way you want, rather than waiting for other people to, you know, give you your big break. Like, that that's an outdated way of thinking in my opinion so we've come to the part of the show where you get to promote anything you'd like whether it be teaching or your social media and of course we will link many of sam's links in our show notes but i want to give you the opportunity to uh, give your speech and let everybody know how they can connect with you well, I will not be a broken record and overdo it because I feel like that's all I've been talking about so far, <laughs> a lot of the things that I've been talking about. Um, but I do appreciate it because I put a lot of work into my YouTube tutorials. So, I mean, if anybody is interested in uh, joining the flow arts movement, learning more about flow arts, I would say 
rather than even just promoting my own channel, just go out there on YouTube and type in flow arts, type in poi, hula hoops, dragon staff. If you want to learn rope dart, uh, my, I have a bunch of tutorials on there. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like my biggest passion is um, to have more online learning resources available about flow arts because it just had such a crazy impact on my life. Um, so whoever wants to learn that there's resources out there. And yeah, so I mean, my YouTube tutorials, I also have that online course that's specifically for rope dart. And you can find that on my website, flowmayhem.com. And the other online course that isn't ready yet, but is coming out hopefully in August is going to be to help uh, performers showcase themselves online, uh, mainly through social media and YouTube. But it goes through it goes through all of it. It goes through how to brand yourself, how to create content, how to create video content, how to grow an audience once you have a bunch of video content, because I've seen that happening to a lot of performers where they have like these really good videos and they're not really going anywhere like not enough people are for some reason able to see them so it kind of goes through how to gain a, a real authentic audience and then the final chapter is all about how to actually make money through all these um through having a successful online presence so yeah, look out for that in August. If you are <laughs> a performer who needs to build an online presence, I cannot explain to you how much time I put into this. <laughs> it is all I've done for the past year and a half. And yeah, I mean, otherwise, yeah, I have a bunch of videos on YouTube. Um, just type in Flow Mayhem and I come up on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook are my main ones. I'm not so into Twitter, so... I'm on there, but I'm pretty boring on Twitter. <laughs> Sam, I have anticipated this interview for so long because we did start talking about it so long ago. I am so happy that we finally got a chance to meet each other. You are as absolutely fascinating as I dreamed you would be. And it has been an absolute pleasure and honor to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been really cool. And thank you for your patience, too. I know that it's hard to get in contact with me sometimes. But um, yeah, th this is I love talking about this stuff. So thank you for the opportunity. I cannot explain how much floor arts has had an impact on me. And so being able to voice that on this platform really means a lot. So thank you. I just think Sam is an awesome human. She is so dedicated to her craft and the fact that she loves to be identified as a teacher more than anything shows her passion for this art. And it's one she wants to perfect and pass on to others as well. Next week on the show, we speak to Master Trinity, a wonderful human who has brought to the fitness world the concept of latexercise. And yes, it is as amazing as it sounds. This interview is a wonderfully intimate look at a personality that shines and has persevered to make it big, and they're only just beginning. We bring the lights down on this edition of the program. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit, thanking you for being with us and thanking Dating Kinky for backing the show. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and as always remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. Leave us a message at 
1-800-242-2527. And we invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. We're kinky done differently.